Welcome to the September episode of our 2022 Bridging the Gaps podcast series, produced by FASTA, the Foundation for the Economics of Sustainability and the European Health Futures Forum. I'm Caroline White. And I'm Sean O'Conline, the Fulgeroive. In this month's podcast, Caroline and I spoke with Christina Ciampaglione. Christina comes from Italy and has travelled widely in Europe. She has also completed courses in Ireland, where she now works on a range of projects, and in particular, the Walls Project in Waterford, where she plays a key role in a wide range of community arts projects. For those of you not familiar with Waterford, it's a small city in the southeast of Ireland with a population of about 50,000, the fifth largest city in Ireland. We were particularly struck by Christina's belief in the power of art to improve life and how she linked her project management skills and role with that of a creative artist herself. Thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed. We're delighted to have you on our podcast. Could you just begin by saying a few words about how you came to be doing what you're doing and what are your impressions of the differences between Italy and Ireland? Thank you so much for having me, first of all. And hello, Sean. So I basically started working in the arts management seven years ago, and it all started thanks to Ireland, because I first came here in 2014. And the way in which I arrived to Ireland, it happened in a serendipitous way, because I was planning to go elsewhere, and then I met an Irishman in my tiny village. I'm from a tiny village not too far from Rome. And he used to come and visit a friend of his every year. And I was just, you know, talking about plans and where was I going to go? And he was like, oh, why don't you try and come to Dublin first and and see how you like it? And eventually, you know, you could always move towards the southern part of Europe. So eventually I decided that I was going to come to Ireland. I knew very little about it. Because one of the things that I enjoy when traveling to a new country, I don't like to read guides or even looking at pictures online because I kind of want to be surprised by the direct life experience. So about two weeks later, I got to Ireland and obviously without having a plan, (laughs) the easiest part was just I needed to practice my English and improve the language So I started working in cafes and pubs. And at one point, I have a background in visual arts from the point of view of a creator. As in, I started painting and printmaking. And the experience in Ireland was working in cafes and pubs um, was quite tiring for me, especially doing it through English. Uh, It was a different experience. And I didn't have the energy to continue to nurture my artistic practice. So I got to a point where I stopped creating art and I asked myself in the middle of a, you know, a deep existential crisis, (laughs) who am I, where am I going, what am I doing? I asked myself, where would I like to see myself happy? And, And I just pictured myself working in the arts, but not from the point of view of an artist, but from the point of view of management. So I then decided to go back home because it would have been easier for me to move my baby steps into the the field by just having 
no barriers with the language um, and all that. So went back home and started working on projects that were six months in one place, six months in another place, always looking for funding opportunities that mostly they were uh, scholarships from the local authorities in my regions in Italy or the European Union. And eventually I got a scholarship three years after I went back in arts management. And that kind of opened up my path into the street arts uh, world because as part of the master, I did an internship with a street art organization in Rome. And then one thing I didn't mention is that throughout those years, so in 2014, when I arrived in Ireland to Dublin, I actually matched the man that it's, it's now still is my boyfriend. And basically, we were in a long distance relationship for nearly five years. And after my master, I was still working with the street art organization in Rome. But, you know, he was here in Dublin and I was there and we were trying to work things out by meeting anywhere Ryanair would bring us <laughs> for a little budget. Eventually, I decided that it was time for me to come back to Ireland. And I came back with the Erasmus for Young Entrepreneurs, which is a program, an amazing program from the European Union about mobility for professionals, young entrepreneurs that basically want to fulfill an idea or have an idea about a business. And at the time I was thinking about setting up my own art organization, inclusive of an online gallery and, you know, street art, because I had experience in the field and I identified the partners in Waterford as the most suitable organization for me to do the exchange program, uh, which was supposed to last only three months. And eventually they asked me to stay. And since then, basically, I've been working with them. Then there was a short break of about one year, one year and a half. But maybe I'll wrap it up for the moment. <laughs> I think one thing you haven't mentioned there, uh, Christina, is culture. I noticed that, well, maybe it's different cultures seem to have played a big part in your journey so far. And I know uh, art and culture linked together and particularly contemporary art. So maybe you might just say a few words about those strands, because uh, you mentioned management and entrepreneur, you know, the, having a business. You mentioned yourself as an artist. Where does culture fit into it for you? Oh, it's all over it. <laughs> it's in every aspect of it, as in, like, for me, and this is something that possibly, you know, it might be because of my background in visual arts, but basically for me, arts and culture are the same concept. Culture can be everything else. It is kind of everything else because even language is part of a culture and music, obviously, but the visual art component of it is what it's closest to me. But at the same time, like I can give you the example, and this is something that has been changing only recently. That it's like when you think about an artist. Most of the time, the idea is a person without entrepreneurial skills. Whereas if we look back at the second half of the 1900s, 
with Paul Part and, you know, the icon of the now icon Andy Warhol, he basically was one of the first entrepreneurial artists in the contemporary world. But like if I look back at the Renaissance with Michelangelo or even uh, Leonardo or uh, all the big Italian artists that at the time kind of had a big input into creating the the contemporary Italian culture that it's there now, as in, you know, the stunning paintings in churches and like whole the heritage that uh, that it's there, like they were all entrepreneurs themselves somehow because like, well, they were running ateliers, they had assistants, they were taking commissions, you know, dealing with stakeholders. I don't know, I think culture is an integral part of art and business as well. It's like they're all aspects that are fundamental to develop the cultural value of, let's say, a nation. Maybe you might say just a couple of words about your relationship with cultural institutes. But you see, they need to work together in my experience because, uh, for example, the the Italian Institute of Culture here in Dublin or any cultural institution that is a foreign cultural institution in Ireland, it's very actively contributing to the artistic scene in Ireland. And it's because it's essential to promote what every country has and like the role of those institutions to to bring in a bit of their own culture within the context of Ireland is in this instance is so important because it enriched the talents and like for example with the Italian Institute most recently when we were presenting the the artwork that the Italian artists painted in the Waterford Walls Festival in in Waterford, the International Street Arts Festival. Like that was a clear example of over 30 artists. Uh, Among those, there were Irish, there were Italians, there were Portuguese, there were Spanish, there were English, like so many different nationalities. There was an artist coming from Malaysia, from Australia. Uh, Like for the first time, we had five continents represented within the festival. And the way in which those artists, even just by talking to themselves, can influence each other and at the same time give a contribution in terms of visual language through their art and reach the scene of the artistic heritage. Because the way I see it is like with the Waterfall Worlds Festival, it's kind of creating a legacy that it's adding value to the city of Waterford with the murals and with the existence of even tour guides, for example, the concept of a tour guide that until a few years ago might have been only linked to, you know, archaeological sites or museums or natural sites. Now there is the figure of the street art guide that could be appealing to the younger generations and it's it's a way to create employment opportunities. So in all of this, it's like a micro system where every player, starting from the artist, from the cultural institution that finance their participation to the artistic projects, and, and they do so to promote their culture in a new country or, you know, so just a small bracket. I work with the Wolves Project in Waterford and we do work 
but mostly using street art as a tool of engagement between communities and artists to basically announce, like, for example, local businesses. We want to look at, you know, the creation of beautiful murals, but also opportunities for young kids to learn how to develop a community art project. But at the same time, now, like going a bit away from the street art and visual art. I also work with a company in Wexford where I am a communications officer and basically with them we just went to Spain and came back a few well last week or so and it was great to see so many artists being there like only with the Irish delegates there were 25 of us and it was us as an arts organization and then there were artists, there were producers, festival programmers, there were representatives from Culture Island, and I had the opportunity to experience firsthand how important it is for an institution like Culture Island to attend a fair trade for the performative arts abroad to establish new connections with partners, potential partners that could be based in England, but they are, you know, it could be Balearic Institute in London. So like these sort of synergies are fundamental to develop the arts and the culture of a country. I want to try to get under the surface, so to speak, of of what it's all about. Like you mentioned visual art and Mm -hmm. and obviously beauty is associated with that. Mm -hmm. But then you also talk about employment and uh, Mm -hmm. urban regeneration and renewal and engaging Mm -hmm. communities and so on. So apart from making the place really beautiful, uh, Mm -hmm. what are your real objectives or what are the outcomes that really make you get excited about when you have a really successful project? Well, it's about giving the chance to, you know, when we talk about community projects, like I was involved in two big ones, one of which was on a European level and involved Ireland, the Netherlands and Lithuania. And that was a program that was for artists to basically travel among the countries and meet communities in each city. In Ireland, the city was Waterford, in the Netherlands was Ireland, and in Lithuania was Kaunas. And basically in each city, the artists met the communities and as a result of the engagement activities, basically they got ideas to develop a sketch of a mural that was going then to represent their identity onto the city wall. Now, in a project like that, like the satisfaction that comes from seeing and hearing the joy of the groups that we worked with, like that in most of the case, like the first year, there were minority groups of new immigrants that just that were in Waterford, not for a very long time, like they were just starting to establish themselves in the city. And then in year two, we worked with three groups. One was with an elderly group from a retirement home in Waterford. And another one was a group of adults with intellectual disabilities. And another one was a group of adults with addictions problems that were part of a recovery center. 
And basically working with them and seeing the joy of, for example, the, the young adults with disabilities that felt so understood and represented and they were proud. It's like it's basically using art to not only make a place, if you know what I mean, as in, you know, the beauty aspect of it, but also it increases a sense of belonging of a community to a certain place because they become prouder. They're proud to, to be there. They're proud to have had an input into the design of the mural that the artist painted. And at the same time, then there is the opportunity, like for example, at the moment, we are working on a project that it was based on the success of this international exchange with the Netherlands and with Lithuania. And we developed a program for young groups like teenagers from youth centers, youth service around the um, county of Waterford. And basically we are collaborating with partners from France and from Cyprus for the kids basically to learn. Uh, and again, this is building up on the experience that we previously had with the engagement that we did back in 2019 with the communities that we now have the artists that were involved that are kind of experts in the field so we delivered in July this year the first leg of the project where basically uh, five young teenagers were working with a team of artists international artists and Irish artists to learn everything about community engagement with the aim that basically next year they're going to paint a wall based on the ideas that they themselves would have gathered from groups of their peers and represent their voice onto the wall. And it's like a project co-designed by artists and young people for the young people to feel represented. And that sort of energy I don't know how to define it but like it's incredible to see how powerful art can be and you could see the difference with the teenagers starting at the beginning of the week expecting that yes they might learn something but they're kind of in that mood that they they think they're cooler <laughs> than anybody else and at the end of the week they speak with a raised tone of voice because they feel more confident because they had a chance to dialogue with artists and to learn directly from the artists and they went out and reached their peers and the community members asking them questions about what would they like to see painted onto the walls and now they're going to go in October and November in Paris and in Cyprus to continue on the process, which is basically learning the street art skills after they would have engaged group of their peers in both countries, and then learning how to develop a sketch by basically transforming the ideas into a visual image, which is going to give them a huge benefit and it's going to give them an inspiration. That is how I see it. It's basically the, the part that I enjoy the most about my job is to inspire whoever is involved in the projects that I design, that we design as a team in a way that art has an immense power to improve 
life in terms of new hopes, again, employment opportunities, like now getting back to the first question, you asked me what are the difference between Italy and Ireland? Like, I think Ireland is experiencing like a sort of a renaissance in terms of the arts, seeing the latest news with the basic income for artists. And since the pandemic, there was an increase in budget for the Arts Council that it is growing and nurturing the sectors of the arts in Ireland. And that's something that in Italy, unfortunately, doesn't happen. Or if it does happen, it's not that impactful. It might be because of the size of the population, It might be because to different political systems and different financial situations as well. But the way it impacted me to be in Ireland and even now to be able to work in this field and to see that it is possible to live by enjoying what you do. I don't know, for me, art is like, it's been the main passion of my life. Like I started when I was 13. Uh, I went to secondary school and I just chose to keep going with art because it was something that came natural to me. And then the Academy of Fine Arts, it, it was like a natural evolution. And then the pivoting into the arts management, the way I see my job is like, it, it's very creative because when I design a project or a community project, it's for me, it's like drawing on paper. But the difference is that you don't draw with a pencil on paper and then, you know, fill the color, fill it in with colors and all all the visual tools. But basically you draw a project on paper and then people come together to make it real and the project then becomes alive and every project is like a piece of art. Recently, you coordinated an event in the Italian Cultural Institute in Dublin, and the strands that were there were art and the environment and the wall project in Waterford. I'd be very interested in your take on your role in actually bringing those together. You had a professor from Trinity College. You also had the Italian artist who was there and you had the Italian Cultural Institute director as well, as well as yourself and a couple of other people. But your own role in bringing those people together, you know, as a project manager, how would you describe that role? It was an absolute pleasure. Like that's an example of an idea taking shape in our heads. It it all like the event was actually the result of this creative process because the Italian Institute was very interested in bringing to Ireland to paint in the Waterfall of Walls Festival an Italian artist and, you know, start this collaboration because they really felt it was an important festival and they wanted to be part of it. So I was originally mediating between the Italian Institute and the organization in Waterford because I used to work with them to see if we could bring an Italian artist to the festival. And basically, a few months later, it all happened that there was a change in leadership in the um, Waterford organization. And I got offered the opportunity to join the team again. And so I did. 
And in the meantime, the Italian Institute wanted basically to, to have not only the artists painting in Waterford, but they wanted to do something in Dublin as well as part of the journey because the artist was coming from New York. So basically, I designed this idea for him to spend a few days in Dublin where he would be painting this canvas. We obviously discussed the artism with the Italian Institute. And then the cherry on top of it all was like, okay, how do we think about this event though to be very comprehensive and to spread the knowledge around the topics? Because in the meantime, the artist was eventually identified and his work is mostly based on climate change and endangered species of animals and all the challenges related to the environment. So I thought it would have been great to have a contribution from a scientific point of view. And I've just researched (laughs) online because I was working with the World Project on the ACT project, which was, it is part of the Climate Action Fund by Creative Ireland. So I thought there should be someone in Dublin, because I'm very familiar with with Waterford, but even though I'm based in Dublin, I don't know Dublin as much as I would love to. So online, I searched for projects that were being funded with the same funding stream from Creative Ireland, and I came across Professor Quentin Crowley, and it basically, it all came together with reaching out to people and proposing the idea and, and the event that happened on the 25th of August was the perfect ending for it. And I think it was very comprehensive because it had the, the scientific uh, contribution, it had the artistic contribution, with Mary Gordon also is an Irish graduate in creative communications on climate change. So it offered a bird view on, it kind of shone a light on the subject. Great. And just to complete that, just so the listeners understand, Quentin Crowley is professor of geology, but he has a special interest in climate change and the science of climate change and the interrelationship between all the elements of climate change. So so you brought a, a lovely bunch of people together. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like I, I loved it. Like he was so easily digestible like the concept is so wide and so big but Professor Quentin was able to make me understand fully and I'm not like I don't have a very scientific brain (laughs) Uh, he used a language that could be easily understood by everybody and it was just yeah it was great to see the challenges that Ireland is facing and noticing aspects that we very rarely think about unless somebody points it out and be like, well, if it doesn't rain and there's going to be a problem for the animals farming, but also there's going to be a problem for everything else if it rains too much with the how do you say pipes the the tubes yeah so yeah no I really really enjoyed it and it was like a piece of art in itself like I I have to say and I hope I don't come across pretentious but I was very proud of the event in terms of seeing it as an artwork that became alive on that night.
You already mentioned, obviously, the challenge of, of climate change. And what kind of challenges, other challenges and opportunities do you see in the future with what you're doing? Well, the main concerns with the latest news yesterday with the, the war in Ukraine and where the world is going with that, my biggest concern, and I was even talking about it last night with my partner, is how are we going to deal with all of this? Because, I mean, already the pandemic was a struggle for everybody, but the way in which things are going, and we don't know what type of turn the dynamics are going to take in Ukraine if the personalities involved are going to do what they claim they would do. Like, I'm I'm honestly worried about what the future might look like just in terms of on a daily basis, like with the prices rising in terms of energy. And it kind of is ironic in a way because it's like now people are more concerned about energy efficiency because the cost of the electricity bill raised considerably and kind of clashes with the problem that, you know, we should be saving energy not only because it costs too much, but also because it's a sign of respect for the environment. It's mostly concerns on the wider scale of where the world is going to go and how much this sort of tranquility might last and for at least this side of the world. Maybe you might say a word about the role of the artist in, in reimagining what the planet could be like. They can see things that we don't see. They can show things in a way that we can't as as if you like yeah. non-professional artists anyway. Oh, I would say that that is absolutely vital. And it is the reason why I am literally so impressed with Ireland because they understand the value of the artists and they are bringing in more resources for the sector to grow because the, the artists can inspire new visions, the artists can stimulate new point of views and it's important, it's basic, yeah, it's necessary for them to be able to express their thoughts and to lead with their visions because they can be great leaders and if only, you know, they would have a bigger space in an ideal world okay my ideal world every sort of possibly government department around the world should have an artist as a consultant just everybody with their own special skills that might be related to the specific department even just as a consultation to ask them what their take is on this problem to give an alternative vision or an alternative answer. One of the reasons why my decision to work in the arts management was then consolidated while I was doing my little projects in Italy at the beginning of my career as an arts management person, it was because I was meeting so many artists and so many creatives and, you know, architects, but even graphic designers. And they are the best bunch of people to hang around with because they will always have an original thought, an original take onto something that will shift your perspective completely and will make you see the world with new eyes. Um, I'm going to thank everyone again for being here and for inviting me and for listening to me. 
I'd love you to say a few words in Italian by way of closure, because there are bound to be some Italians listening in to us. Grazie a tutti. Uh, è stato un piacere. Uh, grazie a Sean, grazie a Caroline. Uh, è stato un onore essere ospite qui e spero di non avervi annoiato troppo con le mie mille parole. Grazie mille. Thank you so much. That was Cristina Ciampaglioni, an Italian artist and art professional living in Ireland. Many thanks to Cristina for her participation. And as always, to Leisha Kelly for her music on the harp. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share the link on social media and tune in next month for our next instalment. Thank you.